You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Play it! Play the freaking song! You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, back and better than ever, the Hot Take Hotbox. Matt McSweeney, thank you as always for joining me. It feels incredible. The electricity coursing through my veins right now. The 76ers with their season on death's doorstep. Staring down the barrel of uh, of 0-3. And we just we all know the stats of what of the situation that that leads you when you go down 0-3 in the NBA. No one's ever come back from it. Joel Embiid broken face misses the first two games, puts the mask back on, plays through a, a, a fractured orbital and, and a, a torn ligament in his thumb, and the Sixers dominate on Friday and they come back last night, and they dominate again last night. And the Sixers are now tied in this series 2-2, heading to Miami with the momentum completely flipped from what was just Friday Friday night where we were hoping Embiid might play. We don't know what version of him we were going to get. It doesn't even... It, it, we're going to get into all of it. The, his presence alone, that that's truly what an MVP... That, that's what an MVP is. And that's what... that He is the embodiment of what the most valuable player is supposed to be. Hot take, hot box again. My name is Max Sweeney. Sixers are 2-2 now. Game 5 tomorrow night in Miami. We are going to go through the last two games of this series. We are just going to talk about some fills later on. But first and foremost on the docket is the 76ers. So Game 3, uh, the, the the narrative or the storyline going into it, like we talked about, was what will Joel Embiid play? We all believed he would play. He wound up actually playing. We didn't know what version of him would show up. You know how how much would the mask affect him? How much would the orbital affect him? He hadn't picked up a basketball. What kind of condition would he be in? And none of that seemed to really matter. He doesn't. And like we even said, we don't need the MVP. You know, dominant thirty points all the time from Jay, from from not not from Jason Harden, but from Joel Embiid. All we need is that presence. His, the 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 presence and the what he does to lift his teammates up. The difference he makes on the defensive end, I mean, Bam Adebayo has been obsolete in these last two games. Nine points in uh, in Friday night's game, and then last night, I mean, he had 21. He looked a little bit more competent last night, but that first game, he looked like he had ne- like he just looked like a completely different guy from the guy that we were seeing in those first two games, where he was a huge factor and dominating the you know 23 and 24. Uh, he kind of got back to, I mean, uh, 12 boards, 11 boards. Last night, 7 boards, 9 of 12. He played better, but, it, you know, he's making nowhere near the impact that he was in those first two games. And he has, he obviously can't guard Joel because they're not able to leave him down there and guard him one-on-one. They're having to play zone. 
They're having to do and throw these different looks at Joel. They're bringing doubles from all over. They're trapping him as soon as he gets the ball in the post. He's he's commanding so much respect down low that it has completely changed the Sixers' offense and, and just it's completely flipped this series on its head. Be just just based off of like I said, his presence, his presence on both ends of the floor has completely changed everything. Miami cannot, with free reign, go to the bucket anymore and cannot attack the rim because they have somebody down low that's going to send that shit into the first row. They have a guy who, if, okay, you want to you want to pick and switch, all right, that's fine. Then we have Victor Oladipo, you know, who's going to try and attack a Joel Embiid off the dribble, and he's getting his ass absolutely clamped up. That it, it's that's, the, that's an MVP. That's a true blue difference maker. And we we missed him for those first two games, but now it's a different story. He's back, and he looks just as good as he did before. He's playing at an MVP level. Now, you don't need to score 35 points a game every game. You don't need to put up these empty numbers. You watch him play. You see the difference that he's making. He, Like I said, he's taking pressure off of everyone on the offensive end. The, the defensive for Miami is having to focus and put so much attention on him that it's opening up a James Harden. It's opening up a Tyrese Maxey. It's opening up a Tobias Harris baseline alley oop. Like it's he completely changes the Sixers' offense, especially for James Harden, who is now given a little bit more space and freedom to operate and do his thing. And whether that that's not going to equal thirty point nights every night, but it it lends it you know it lends more possibility for that situation to you know possibly happen. Obviously, so and it did last night, but we. Took we we absolutely dominated that 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 Friday night game game three. Butler has thirty three nine boards two assists. Other than that, they get basically no production from anyone. Kyle Lowry scores no points. Struess is three of eleven from three, and they get virtually no no help other than a, a Tyler Harrow fourteen spot on five of fifteen shooting. So that's that's that and it, that wraps it up right there i mean the sixers uh, keep them to 79 points they the sixers only score 99 points which is you know in, in theory if i told you the sixers were going to score 99 points you'd say oh my god we lost like we, we were down we're down to three but no the defense returned joel Embiid was there and it, it just it, it lend itself to a, another like just a different version of the Sixers team that we honestly have not become accustomed to but this it, it's the playoffs you have to play differently you have to just lock down on on the defensive end and, and you're getting more out of a Matisse Thibel who can play you know 19 minutes do his thing Danny Green hits what seven threes you know that's that's that that's the game right there if you can I've been telling you on this podcast for how long Either one, uh, someone has to help Joel Embiid, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be James Harden. It doesn't have to be anyone prominent or the, the one of those big four, Harris, Maxi. Like they're they're going to do their thing. But if you can get a 21 from a guy like Danny Green or one of those bench guys comes and, and hits their threes, the Sixers are very, very, very hard to beat. Same, same can go for any team. Say at Miami, if a Struess were to hit seven threes, you're not going to beat them. You know, like that's... If Harrow goes out and scores thirty, like you can't, it's not much you can do. Even Harrow is a bigger part of what's going on there than a Danny Green. Danny Green's probably our fifth option in regards to offense. So he was on fire. Harris almost scores or almost puts up a triple double. Fouls out. He's Tobias Harris has been worth his weight in gold this playoffs. He has been 
the absolute just do it all, the guy who is willing to sacrifice whatever, willing to do whatever it takes to win basketball games. And I think that needs to be said and that needs to be respected because he he's guarding anyone that they put. Like, he's guarding some of the hardest guys. He's on Butler for majority of the game. And not not major. I wouldn't say majority of the game because there's sw- a lot of different matchups are going on Jimmy Butler. And there's a, good, a lot of switching. There's a lot of picks. There's a lot of just different stuff going on. But Harris is doing it all. And he almost has a triple-double on that Friday night game. Fouls out. I think he fouled out again last – or he almost fouled out last night. He he was in the in the danger zone, I would say. But Embiid comes back with eighteen and eleven, and like I said, it wasn't all about just the numbers. It was more his presence. He opens up, he opens the game up for everyone else. Harden didn't have a great game, seventeen. Maxi lit it up in the in the fourth quarter, kind of just let the team coast away. Danny Green making his threes and whatnot, and the Sixers take care of business in Game Three. So now we come on to Sunday night, Game Four. Here in Philadelphia, it's this is the make-or-break game. Uh, I mean, obviously, Game 3 was a make-or-break, but this is to truly see if we are alive in this series or if it, like, Friday night was just a mirage or, you know, are our backs going to be against the wall going into Miami? Game 5 is going to be a month. We're going to have to win two on the road in order to win this series. It's just, hey, it's like any, you, can't, you don't want to be playing three straight elimination games to try and save your season. It's just not and not an ideal situation. So last night was a big game, and the Sixers came out, and they played like it was a big game. Kind of a seesaw affair back and forth for the first, you know, first quarter, first half, even into the third quarter, even for, you know, in the beginning of the fourth quarter until the Sixers kind of pulled away there towards the end. But Jimmy Butler, again, was phenomenal last night. He was tremendous. He scored 40 points. He just dominated the offensive end for for the for the Miami Heat, but unfortunately he couldn't for for the Miami Heat. I should say he didn't get much help from anyone else. I mean, Adebayo scores his twenty one. If you look at just on the on the stat lines and and just on the surface, the Heat did not have that bad of a game. Uh, you know, Harrow Harrow only eleven, which he was a guy that was killing us in those first two games. I mean, even Oladipo scoring fifteen, but other than that, you're not getting much help from. Like I was telling you, the, the those complimentary role players are are not coming up big and coming up clutch for the Miami on the road, and that's oh, that's been talked about a couple times during this series and talked about for a long time that all, all these complimentary role players usually shoot and play better on, on in their home arena. They usually don't travel that well and they don't they don't play that well on the road. It's just kind of historically what what what's been dictated. So. It's not surprising that they didn't play well, but the Miami Heat needed that. They needed somebody to step up and make some shots. Struess fouls out, only has six. Lowry has six and probably re-aggravated his hamstring. He did not look. He looks like a shell of himself out there. He does not look like a good player. And, and he almost, he, he really was unplayable down the stretch, not only due to the injury, but, I mean, that, that is part of the, uh, of the, he just was, he's not playing well. He's not the Kyle Lowry that we've, grown accustomed to over the years he's just not that kind of player anymore at this moment you know an injury could be dictating that we kind of said this a lot of similar things about James Harden it's just not that's that's not the guy you need out there you need you need someone else Gabe Vincent only gives him 10 minutes last night 0 of 4 from 3 1 of 6 that's a guy who has hurt us in the past they're not even playing a Caleb Martin the, the bench has shortened up big time it's it has become and Lowry's taking a lot of minutes from other guys who were kind of killing us earlier in the series so that that's that's a positive. That's a big time positive. But 
on the Sixers end, it, it, you're gonna. You know, we are nearly impossible to beat if James Harden's going to score thirty points. Been saying it for all since we got him all season. That every game that I've watched, the Sixers are a a nuclear powerhouse. If James Harden's scoring thirty points, or if James Harden's playing, if James Harden's playing anywhere near that MVP just goat level of offensive just step back wizardry that we that we've seen for years and years in Houston and even some in Brooklyn like that that's you know the guy that gets the pot out and starts cooking and and who's won who's won MVP you know the MVP could should have won two MVPs yeah that 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 if that guy even in, in even in close version of that shows up if the guy that showed up last night shows up on a more consistent basis the Sixers are going to win the NBA championship it's that simple now that's that's the that's more that's easier said than done, I guess I should say, because putting up thirty and hitting all those six, hitting six step backs and hitting all them threes is not, you know, it has not become a uh, we've not been accustomed to that or it has not been a, a commonplace here in these playoffs and in, in this run since we traded for him in February. But last night was a little a flash of that brilliance, a little bit of a glimmer of hope that you can see. Maybe maybe this can happen. Maybe we maybe this is something that can happen on a more consistent regular basis, and it it, it can happen on a more cons- consistent regular basis if you have his other teammates helping him out and, and spacing the floor out for him, letting him go to work, letting giving him space to operate, and, and just allowing him to close these basketball games out. This is exactly 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 what we what we thought we were getting when we made the trade. This is exactly what we wanted. This is this is the the pipe dream. This is everything we could have ever wanted. Is this James Harden that showed up last night? Last night at the end of that game, it was kind of getting a little close. Six points, four point game. We need buckets. We need somebody to make sure that the ball is going to the right place. That the 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 ball is going in the right hands. That that it, it's being taken care of. We don't want a guy who who we used to have play point guard, who treats it like a hot potato at the end of these games in these situations, who wants nothing to do with the ball, who throws it to Embiid or another guy and goes and stands in the corner. We That can't be a thing. That can't You can't be the point guard and let that happen. Like you, It is now your time to, to orchestrate the offense and find the right guy and get the ball to the right person in, in the right spot at the right time. Last night, James Harden did everything right. Everything that he needed to do, I mean, 31 points, 7 boards, 9 assists, 6 of 10 from 3, just 8 of 18 from, from, from the field, just dominant, absolutely dominant, and the step back was there, the step back we've been waiting for, absolutely cooking, Joel Embiid, 20, 24 of 11, just a, a pedestrian sort of performance for our MVP, and that's not even a negative that I'm saying that. He doesn't even need, he just is doing everything that's necessary. He's not trying to overplay, or he's not shooting it every time he gets the ball. He's not, he's not trying to do too much. He's doing exactly what is asked of him, and exactly what this team needs right now, or right in any given moment. When they need a bucket, or when, when he can get some space down low, he goes to work. When they're double teaming him, and he you know, there's no reason to force or, or turn himself into into a, a turnover. He's been doing good at trying to limit those situations and just not 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 give up the ball and not not just consistently run himself into double teams or, or bad situations where 
There's not much he can do. He's not. He's just not forced. I, I, I'm kind of like bouncing around here, but he's not forcing the, the, the game. He's letting the game come to him, and, and that's the most cliche thing you can say, but it's the truth. It's the way he's been playing. Maxi, like all of these guys, all the whole team is is playing their part and doing their thing for the most part, other than the bench. The bench has not done much of anything. Finally, Niang made some shots last night, which is good for him maybe to get him back on track. Danny Green, three of four from three, not doing too much, just just hitting the shots when they're there and when when he's open, when they're asked of him. Maxi did his thing again last night. He kind of just when when the Sixers are in trouble, need a bucket, a tough finish at the rack, uh, a a wide like a crazy just sort of st- sidestep three. Maxi's there, he's got it. That kid's only going to get better, and he's only going to grow. It's when Harden is is cooking and he's able to play that per, that that kind of side role where throw me the ball and I'll go get a bucket every once in a while and Harden can facilitate and then find his own like that last night was just remarkable. It was remarkable to see and watch the the that the the peak the pinnacle of what this Sixers team can be with a James Harden playing at his at his highest level and I'm sure he even has a higher level to get to but. Last night was the best we've we've seen in, in the the highest leverage moment, I should say. I'm sure he's you can look at his stat line that he had a better but it, I'll tell you what, him hitting six threes, it, I haven't seen anything much better than that since he's been here in Philadelphia. That's his signature game in my mind. The class, I was I, I I had the pleasure of being in in the building last night for game four. It was an absolute electric factory in there. Sixers were just the the game was awesome. The there's something about though I will say, the the crowd and just the the pop that a Harden step back three gets from 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 the Wells Fargo Center is something that I haven't seen in quite some time. Where I just I feel that I just I I lo- we lose our collective minds whenever it happens because it I don't know what exactly it is, but it's truly just something like we've I guess we've been waiting for it for so long. Since we got him, this is exactly what we've been waiting to see. This 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 man just who has been like a mythical figure playing in all these huge TNT ESPN games where we've seen them for years and years. Even when we were bad watching them go to work. And, and now we're getting to see it live and in person for our team. Him turning into vintage Harden. Just frying guys off the dribble. Crossovers right in front of people. Dribbling between his legs. Just pounding the rock and hitting a step back right in a guy's face and, and there's not a there's not a goddamn thing you can do to guard it. You can put a hand in his face, you can you know get close to him, you can make him uncomfortable, but if he's making them, he's making them. There's not nothing you can do about it other than foul him. That that's it. Then that's always what has been the case with James Harden. He's pretty unguardable if his shots falling and and if he's being aggressive and if he's just attacking nonstop. Last night in the fourth quarter, he was attacking and he was attacking from deep. That was not that, those were not easy shots that he was making, and he he kept making them, possession after possession, and he wasn't forcing them. You know, it wasn't like uh, we're all oh, hot heat check, let's keep going. He was giving the ball to Maxi or letting letting uh, giving the ball to Joel. You know, and and it was just the offense was just running smoothly, and I I can't say it more simply than that. The Sixers are going to be pretty pretty tough to beat if this keeps up and if we continue to play at this level. It's that simple. It is truly that simple. And, and t- tomorrow night's going to be a huge game. It is. It's tr- it's going to be it's going to be big. 
I'm sure the refs will be against us. The crowd will show up in the second quarter and be against us. We just have to play within ourselves and continue this and continue to ride this momentum that we've built through these last two games. Continue to put the pressure on their defense. Just continue to put the pressure on the refs because that is what James Harden and Joel Embiid have been doing. And continue to play the defense we've been playing for the most part. I mean, I know last night we gave up 108, but Butler was was unbelievable, making all threes and shots, and even their road. Like like I kind of talked about how they the road on the road they don't, the role players don't really play well. I mean, you get 15 from Oladipo, you're getting 21 from Adebayo. They, like they they had a good game last night. The Heat did not play bad, and we still won because we had a better game. And James Harden, he indeed had a better game than all those guys. So you know. 40 is nice, but when you can almost have a triple-double in 31, I'll take that. And especially when you're making those shots in the clutch, you know, down the stretch. It, it was just it was awesome to see that the, the, the building was rocking. We win Game 5. It's going to be tough for Miami to come in here and win Game 6, but we have to take care of business there in Game 5 and, and just continue to put the pressure and make guys like Tyler Harrow and Max Struess and, you know, uh, Lowry, uh, you know, it looks like he's limited. I, I don't know if he's going to play in, in Game 5. It, I'm sure he'll try to give it a go, but he did not look good last night. So it, the the momentum and the thing things are looking up. If you look at all of the all the signs here and all, all the information and all the evidence, the signs are pointing up for the Sixers right now, and everything seems to be in our favor we can only hope that it continues to stay that way. We can only hope that P.J. Tucker continues to get himself in foul trouble and cry the whole game and miss hope in threes. We can only hope that Kyle Lowry will shoot 0 of 6 from 3. He's got almost, he's got like no legs whatsoever. So, yeah, we, we need, you know, we need to, we are, I think the big thing that's going to make or break this game 5 is if, if we are able to shoot well or if our shooting can can travel a little bit. Not only from a James Harden, but like a Danny Green and, and, and a Niang. We need we need somebody like that, to st- Danny Green or Niang, to step up and make some shots in Miami. And, and we could be coming home up 3-2. That, that, that uh, to me, is going to be the, the key factor. And maybe you get a big game from Joel. Because we have not had a... I mean, 24 last night, he kind of didn't do much in that second uh, I guess the, the the fourth quarter more he really didn't uh, score much or, or do he missed a lot of free throws last night which is not like him at all so you know he, he hasn't really you know and understandably so he hasn't really played at, to the level we are accustomed to seeing him play and we know it's there so that that's probably the one thing that Miami or you know we can be happy about Miami should be worried about is because they have not Although he's been there and his presence has meant the world, he has not even been uh, at that level that, like we said, like I just said, we have been accustomed to. So that that's a scary proposition for the Miami Heat. The Sixers are going are going to continue to put the pressure on them on both ends of the floor. I I feel so good, and it's crazy how things can change from one game to another or from one series to another, and it's just the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs of not only the playoffs but just the NBA season. How we have bounced back and forth with our feelings about this team. I mean, me personally, if you've listened to this podcast, I've gone back and forth just just constantly about how I feel about this. Just from Harden to just all the all the, the playoff chances, the title chances, everything. 
everything. And, and even in a matchup with the Heat, even in the Raptors series, how I was so high and then so low and then back to being high and then MB gets hurt, so you're back to being low. And now Embiid's back, so we are on the highest high right now. It's it's remarkable. It is exhausting, but it is. It, it, I'll take it every day of the week. This is exactly what we paid for. This is exactly what we begged for when we were me personally, when we were 10 and 72 and I'm in there watching KJ McDaniels and, and Jaleel Okafor and guys like that and thinking maybe these guys are going to be the future. Maybe this is going to be it. And, and now we're here and we're actually watching the future happen. And we have a former MVP in James Harden and we have a guy who should be the MVP in Joel Embiid who got screwed by all by a bunch of guys who look at VORP and, and stats that should not exist and they don't use their actual eyes to watch the games. Well, you know what? That is honestly what it comes down to because I know a lot of us who are listening to this podcast have not watched a lot of Nuggets games. You just you, And that's the same thing can go for these writers. They're, they're not sitting there and watching all of these games and breaking the film down and say, oh, wow, yeah, you look at the difference he makes. Look at the double teams and look at how much focus they have to pay to him. And now they're looking at stats. They're looking at efficiency ratings and like I said, VORP and these defensive uh, adjustment ratings and all these different just little statistical elements that they can get their hands on because they can't actually watch the actual games. So they have to base their opinion off of something. So they base it off of numbers and all these different things that they can find that truly don't matter in the end of the day because the numbers can dig any any sort of statistic or anything you find you can you you can dictate it or manipulate it to get it to say whatever you want it to say to be honest and we've seen that in so many different different sports or scenarios or anything like that and I'm not saying I'm not like a I'm not an old man yelling at the cloud I'm not an anti-stats guy but let's just you know let's just be honest and, and the eye test has something to do with it when you watch the games that that should play a factor. It shouldn't be the ultimate uh, deciding factor, but it, it should. You when you watch the two play, you cannot tell me that Joel Embiid's not the MVP. Nikola Jokic is good. He's very good, and he's probably second or third best in the league right now. Like it's not that. That is one thing I want to make sure that, and I and I discussed that on here. I I this it it's not a disrespect to one guy or the other to say oh I think this guy's the MVP it doesn't mean Jokic is trash he's not trash but Joel Embiid's better and he's the more valuable player and that that's that's what this award is called it's the most valuable player Joel Embiid is the most valuable player that simple point blank period ladies and gentlemen so uh, we got a lot going on in this uh, playoffs it looks like the Suns are going to be up against it now they are it is a 2-2 series Boston is down 2-1 here. Big game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see what version of them shows up. Or you know, they they Tatum did not have a great game in game three, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what happens in that series. Doesn't look like Jaw's gonna play tonight for the Grizzlies, so probably the Warriors roll. And uh, you know, you got Mavericks Suns. Uh, that's a 2-2 series. Luke has been absolutely cooking now. And it looks like the Suns are, are, you know, they were up 2-0 and then they lost two games. You know, kind of a similar situation to us, but now that series is going back to Phoenix on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock. It'll be right after, or I'm sorry, th- Tuesday night. I got that mixed up. Right after our game, that'll be that game. So it'll be a nice night of NBA games tonight and tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, that that the 
it doesn't look like Jaw's gonna play. I, I'm sure they'll try, and I, I don't. I keep hearing that he's out, and then and then it's like, oh well, maybe he's you know he'll try and give it a go, and I guess we'll see. But right now they have him listed as a game time decision, so that's what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Phillies after their monumental collapse the other night, they sat two nights due to the rain, got two games postponed, which probably wasn't the worst thing ever. And then they come back and they split a doubleheader yesterday with a win against uh, Max Scherzer in the first game, which was huge. And then the bullpen kind of collapsed in the second game, and Nick Nelson serves up a three-run bomb in the sixth or in the fifth. I'm sorry, and that that did it in for the uh, for the old Phils. The Phils did not have Zach Eflin in that game due to him testing positive for COVID, so they were forced to start a Christopher Sanchez, which never never means good for. Any team, when you have to start one of your long reliever sort of guys, uh, I mean, he's basically just a created player at that point. 65 overall starting them. That just doesn't usually end up well. Uh, More times than not, you end up sad and depressed and disappointed. But the Phillies only scored a run, so it's not like he could have had a, he could have pitched a great game. He only pitched two and a third, so. Not much to talk about there, but the Phils uh, kind of somewhat bounced back a little bit. They have a, they didn't they only scored four runs total yesterday. Tonight they're out west. They they flew across the country to play Seattle tonight. Ranger Suarez is pitching. I think they have a three game series. Nola pitching tomorrow, and then they don't have anyone pitching a day game on the eleventh. Zach Wheeler also tested positive for COVID, so that is a situation in itself that they're going to have to deal with. Now going out west, and they're going to have a four-game series against the Dodgers coming up. We'll get into all that, though, because we will have a podcast soon to talk about the Sixers. But that is going to be the end of this Hot Take Hotbox today. My name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me. Big Game 5 tomorrow. Go Sixers. Go Phils somewhat. And go life. All right? So Because we, we now are alive, and we have that energy and that rejuvenation that zest for life and everything that, that that it comes with. The Sixers have given that back to us. James Harden has given that back to us. And hopefully Game 5, will, we will continue to inch ourselves closer to that that Eastern Conference Finals, an elusive, elusive round that we have not seen since 2001. Something that I, I yearn for, and I just I just want an opportunity to play on the biggest stages and to see... Get, get let the NBA faithful and the fan base and everyone out there and the haters see what our boys can do on the biggest stage that this this league has to offer. I, I oh and and believe me, we we start getting close to the NBA finals, I'll start losing my goddamn mind. But what baby steps, one step at a time. Let's win Game Five. Let's take care of business and let's get this series back to Philadelphia up three two. Hot take, hot box. My name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me.